Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Everyday Church. We are a body of believers in Oklahoma City with the mission to live out our faith on a daily basis. Let's listen in as we hear a powerful message from God's Word. Well, happy 2020, everybody. Happy New Year to you. Usually you say that back. Happy New Year. Okay, you don't wish me a happy one. Okay. <laughs> glad to be back. Uh, real glad. Happy New Year to you. I hope this year... Th- thank you. Thank you. You passed. I hope this year is an incredible year for you. We're going to uh, wrap up our 2020. I, I wasn't going to extend it, but uh, in light uh, of last week and where we are, I thought it would be appropriate to uh, unpack something for us this morning. But I want to start with a question. Have you ever kept a letter or a note that was given to you uh, and you kept it because it was so special to you? Maybe it was even a Christmas card this year that uh, someone wrote you, and, and you were like, I cannot throw this away. I'm like, toss it. You know, but you were like, oh, that's just so sweet. That's so special, and you kept it. Or maybe it was a, an encouraging letter from someone many years ago that you just held on tightly, and you cherish it, and so you've kept that little piece of paper for years. Uh, I'm sure some of us have something that we've kept that someone wrote to us that is memorable. I was uh, I was around Christmas. I saw online this video coming viral of this sweet lady that had lost her husband earlier in the year. And so in 2019, she lost her husband, uh, I think somewhere right before summer. And they had been married 59 years. And so uh, for Christmas, her kids are grown, of course. They wanted to do something very special for this sweet lady. And so they gave her this Christmas present of this silver box, beautiful box, engraved on the front with a heart and with some information about her husband who passed. But the box was sweet enough. But inside the box was even something more sweet, more special. And that was letters that had been kept from their college days when they wrote these little love letters to one another uh, and had been kept for many years. And this video, did y'all see this video? Okay, well, you will now. Let's watch this. That was my first roommate at Virginia State. 
Now, the real reason I, I played that video is I, every week I go through the Internet, scouring the Internet, looking for videos that will make Carly cry. And uh, <laughs> yet again, I, I know you're trying, <clears throat> it's, but you're pregnant, and I, um, I win. Linda, she's like waving the, she's like, I surrender. <laughs> there are Kleenex boxes around, but the, I don't know if you heard in that video, but the, the son says, he says, I was going through dad's things and I found these letters. Now, why would a man keep these letters for 60 years? You know, those are the, the letters that were actually inside the box why would he keep them? 60 years, basically. The, the reason is probably the same reason you keep something, right? It, it was in those letters that he found something of value or, or that he thought was worth keeping. Something that was said, some, some memory, some note. There, there was something that was cherished enough by him to say, I, these are worthy to keep. These are of high value. Now, last week, Nico very beautifully talked about the importance of us being in the Word. And if you weren't here last week, like myself, watch it online, which is what I did. You can. You can go back. It's still there on Facebook, or you can download the podcast and listen to it that way. But he talked about the importance of being in the Word. And the Word of God are the love letters God has written to us, and we have them recorded. And at any point, we can open the box, so to speak, and read the love letters God wrote us. It truly is a blessing to have a copy of God's Word, to have access to God's Word. It's a blessing to have the Bible. There are literally people in various parts of the world that have to walk miles upon miles to even hear just a little bit of God's Word. That is still true today. How fortunate it is, what a treasure it is that we have the Bible and that you and I have access to it no matter where we are as long as we've got our phone, right? Or you are strong enough to pick up one of those Bibles and carry it with you that you've got in your house, probably one of the, the 30. <laughs> I mean, it truly is amazing that we have the Word of God like we do. It's not always been that way. I could, I, 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 this week I read a, a story of a ministry that started. They're called the Bible Society today. They have, used to have another name. But it was basically started because of this sweet 16-year-old girl named Mary Jones who at, at the age of nine was like, I got to have a copy of God's Word. And it was not easy to have a copy of God's Word. It was very rare to have a Bible and it was very expensive to own a Bible. But at nine, she started saving money, doing extra laundry, um, selling eggs, and saved up enough money to the, to the time of about 16 where she could afford to go buy a Bible. A pastor told her, 26 miles away, there's a guy that actually has some, which again was very rare, was very expensive, and said, he's selling them, you need to go. And so she, as a 16-year-old, walked the, the 26 miles, got to the doorstep, and said, I'm here, I've got money, I want to buy a Bible. And he said, I've only got one left, but I promised it to someone else. It's accounted for. And she broke down in tears, the sweet Mary Jones, bawling, saying, I really thought God wanted me to come. I want, thought God wanted me to have a, a copy of his Bible. This has been a dream, a vision of mine for years. And the man said, listen, you can have this one, and I'm going to figure out how to get a Bible to this other person. I'll take care of it. She had to walk 26 miles back with a brand new Bible. That's pretty much the epitome of dedication, right? 
What, what a true picture of saying, I, I want God's word, so I'm going to walk 52 miles to have my own Bible. It begs a question for us today. What's the length of your dedication? Maybe it's not measured in miles. Maybe it's more measured in minutes. 52 minutes now. Ooh, we getting crazy. For some of you, five minutes is too long. What is the length of your dedication? We have God's word at our fingertips, literally. And it's an incredible treasure. It's an incredible privilege to be able to have God's word. It's important. This year, I'm doing the one-year Bible again. And I'm not, I don't say this braggadociously, but more that I'm old. <laughs> I've been doing this many years. And I'll, like last year, I, I took a re from, uh, not like it's a bad thing, but I did something different. I did a different devotional, but I'm back doing the one-year Bible, and it's always a joy for me to do. But, but on January 1st, this year, it starts off with, with some Old Testament uh, Psalms and Proverbs and the New Testament, but Psalm 1 is the first one that you read. And I want you to find Psalm 1, because I want to read it together. In fact, I want us to stand as we start 2020 uh, in the, the Word together, okay? And so, if you don't have a copy of God's Word, that's fine. You can look at it on the screen. But once you find it, stand up. Or if you don't have it, go ahead and stand with me. And then we'll read it uh, off the screen. I'll just read it. but Because you know sometimes it can get real tricky when you're trying to read with someone. And they have a different cadence or rhythm than you. And it's awkward. We could try that. But y'all don't want to do that, right? Let's, so I'll just read it. Psalm 1, verse 1. And I'm going to read this whole short psalm. It says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked... Or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. God, may you be honored in your word. May you speak through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So right here, we basically have this comparison and contrast, right? There's a compare and contrast going on between two kind of different groups of people. There are those that would be considered godly and those that would be considered wicked. Now, in this psalm, the main difference between these two sets of people really comes down to what they surround themselves with. You've got one group that hangs around with people that don't give a rip about God. Okay? That's the idea. They're, they're with the sinners, the mockers, okay? the wicked. Okay? This group of people is surrounding themselves basically in essence with sin, with filth, with unrighteousness, with anything that would not be of God. But then you've got another group of people, they just love the word of God. And, and not the totality of the word like we have today and having the entire Bible. The psalmist is talking about delighting in and meditating on the law. Okay? Not even the complete Old Testament, New Testament, not even the complete Old Testament. The psalmist is talking about the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. They're talking about the law. Now, what an awesome privilege for us. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. We have more knowledge of God. We have more of his heart. But the psalmist says that even if you just only focus on the first five books of the Bible, you're going to reap these incredible results. There's these positive consequences that come for that person if you spend this time in the Word. 
Now, what are those consequences? Reread verse 3. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. This is the group of people that are in the word of God. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Man, this is pretty good stuff. The result of getting in the word is fruit, it's life, it's vitality, it's vibrancy. You get that picture of being planted along the riverbank, having fruit, never withering, prospering. But there's another reward. Okay, It's not just in that verse. There's another positive consequence. Go back to verse 6. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly. This is also a part of it. Okay, God's eyes are on you or on this person, everything has to go through him because he's watching this path, okay? There's this umbrella that God has over your path. Doesn't mean it uh, it's, doesn't rain, doesn't storm. It just means it's gonna filter through God. His eyes are on this path, okay? So being plugged into God is quite obviously a positive experience, <laughs> okay? It, it impacts you in a very positive way. It reminds me of Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah said, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Okay, That person, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. They're plugged in. They got the, the life source. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So very similar those trusting in God. So trusting in God and going to his word are going to help you, help me have a productive, vibrant life. However, the inverse of this is true too. Remember, we've got a little compare and contrast going on. Let's see what happens to the negative example, the negative consequences. Back to Psalm chapter 1, verse 4. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff. They haven't surrounded themselves with the word of God. They're surrounding themselves with the opposite, okay, with evil. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. And then we can go to verse 6 as well. But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, which one of those sounds better? Okay, if we're comparing and contrasting, it's pretty obvious, pretty clear which one is the better one, okay? If it's come down to me, I want to choose the path of prosperity. And that doesn't just mean money. Again, life, vitality, vibrancy, success. That's the path that God says will come. Don't you want that? 2020, y'all, the path is clear right ahead of you. Which path do you want? You going left, you going right. Okay, let's just say the left is the, the, the ungodly, or the, the, yeah, the ungodly, the path of destruction. Are you going to the path of life? Well, how do we take that path? It seems pretty simple. Get in the word, right? Let's, let's hit pause there for a second. I don't think it's just get in the word. At first glance, it would be, eh, you just get in the word, and then you're going to be okay. No, go back to verse 2. <clears throat> Excuse me, there are two key words we need to look at. Verse 2 says, this is the person that's on that path that we've talked about, the good path, the path of life. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. 
To me, those are two very, very important words. You should circle, you should underline in your Bible. Okay, When you read this verse, they delight in the law of the Lord, they meditate on it day and night. Those two words stick out, delight and meditate. Now we know delight, delight means it's a pleasure to spend time in the word. Okay, This isn't just get in the word and it's all good. We should want to get in the word. It shouldn't be done begrudgingly. It's not a checklist. It's not a have to. It's not a kicking and screaming. I'm forced to be in the word of God. It is a desire. Now don't get that twisted. It doesn't, just because you delight in it doesn't mean you can't make it a spiritual discipline. It should be a, a spiritual discipline in your life. It just means you set up a discipline with delight. You set up the discipline with delight. I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to carve out this time. It's hard, doesn't mean it's easy, but with delight I do this knowing I'm going to be with God. It's like a physical workout. A lot of times a physical workout isn't like I can't wait to do this, but it's a discipline. But with delight you set it up. I want to be healthier, be more fit, whatever the case may be. And so with delight I set up this discipline. When it comes to the word of God, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, we don't set up the discipline like, dang, I got to do it. It is, dang, I get to spend time with God. You see the difference? Pardon my French. But there is this attitude that does not necessarily mean warm fuzzy. It just means with delight, I set up this discipline because I know this is good to spend with God. The reality is we all delight in something. Every one of us in here, you have a delight. You delight in something, whether that's 30 minutes of sleep, 30 minutes more of sleep. 30 minutes of sleep delighting in would be pretty poor. You need to delight in more. But it's maybe delighting in more sleep. Maybe it's delighting in uh, uh, nighttime Netflix. Whatever it is, you have a delight. The question is, will you delight in God more? Will you delight in him? Because rea the reality is when we're in his word, we're with him. Okay, It's spending time with him. It's his love letters to us. It's his heart. It's his character. And the word of God is living and active. It's not dead. It will not return void. It will accomplish its purpose. And so as we spend time in the word, we're spending time with God. So do you delight in him? Is he sweet to you? Do you have pleasure spending time with God specifically? In his word. This week, I was uh, just the other day, I was talking with a friend that was telling me a story about his buddy and his daughter. His buddy was walking with his daughter, uh, kind of turned off for a minute. His daughter was, was walking with this ice cream cone. She just got this ice cream cone, was pretty pumped about having an ice cream cone, which all young kids are, right? I mean, there's nothing much more pleasurable than an ice cream cone. Even my 11-year-old son, he just loves going to Brahms because of the ice cream. If that's all he could eat, he would just say, give me ice cream. Specifically orange sherbet, which I can't blame him. Orange sherbet is great. Anyone a sherbet fan? Yes. Okay, that's the best. Josh, don't shake your head. I mean, come on. Wow, that, that, that's the best. But whatever, let's just, you could use whatever ice cream you want. But, uh, and I'm not even sure what the young girl had, but she had an ice cream cone. And she was very excited about it. But on the little journey, she tripped and fell and didn't just fall. Somersault bit it hard, skinned her elbows and knees, and really busted it on this little walk. But through the whole tumble, she made it very clear what her priority was, and she held on to that ice cream cone and had a death grip on it through the whole fall. 
the dad comes over and is like, let me help you. You are all skinned up. I've got to get gravel off you. I've got to clean you up. Just put down the ice cream cone. It's not worth it. And she's through screaming and crying and tears, just said, no, I don't know if you'll give me another one. And he said, what kind of dad would I be? I can't get you a 99-cent ice cream cone and take care of you. You just bit it. That thing's not worth it right now. We need to get rid of it and clean you up. My question is, what kind of dad do you think God is? Because there are things that you hold so tightly to, a death grip, that you won't just trust him and set it down. Whether that is more sleep, or whether it is your, your nightly routine of watching TV and, and, and staying up late and, and vegging out and then sleeping in in the morning. When he's just saying, listen, if you would just trust me, I'll take care of you. But I got something better for you if you would just spend time with me. If you would trust me, get in the word. I've got something sweeter for you, something better for you. And I'll take care of the other stuff. What kind of dad do you think I am? Psalm 119, 103 says, how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. The psalmist says, God, your word is so good to me, sweet. Now, if you're not a sweet person, maybe you throw in spice. I don't think God's going to be offended. The idea is what's good to you, it's be- God's word is better, is what the psalmist is saying. Better than your phone. Better than your social media swag. Better than even sleep. And I like sleep. And talking about God's law, uh, another psalm, Psalm 19 says this, they are more desirable than, than gold, even the finest gold. Again, talking about God's law. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. God's word is delightful. If you would just let go of the ice cream, you would see that there's something sweeter. You need to delight in the word of God. It is delightful. And your discipline can become a delight even when you set it up. Now this word meditating in Hebrew is very interesting. It carries this idea that you are thinking and pondering about something so much that you start to mutter about it. You just kind of talk it out loud a little bit, maybe even under your breath. Any mutterers in here? That's such an interesting word anyway. But I, I have... Notice, I don't do this often because I, I uh, get told I should think more. But there are occasions when I try to think. You know, as a guy, we, we, you could ask us, what do you think about nothing? And then, you know, like, no, really, what are you thinking about? No, seriously, not, not a thing. No, come on. No, really, nothing. And my wife does not believe me. But there are an occasion where I will be pondering something that I'll notice that I've actually talked out loud. No one's around me. Just um, Alexa. <laughs> and and uh, we don't have Alexa, but I'm a little worried about her. But I'll just, I'll, I'll be like, I just, I've been talking out loud to myself, which is just funny. Because some of you, you are really good about talking internally to yourself. You're muttering inside. But occasionally, I'll actually let that out and mutter uh, uh, audibly when I'm pondering something. And this is kind of what this word carries. This idea is that you're really chewing on the word of God. You're processing it. You're trying to digest it and really understand it. And the psalmist in Psalm 1 says, day and night. You're meditating on it day and night. That just means throughout the day. Not necessarily the specific time frame. Only in the morning or night or afternoon. It's just like throughout the day. It's a constant. Like you're, you're processing it. You're meditating on it. You're, you're pondering it. Now, honestly, I, 
I can't really make you delight in God's word. I, I can try to help you understand it. I'm trying to think practically how to help you delight. I don't think I can practically help you delight in God's word. I can tell you ultimately it isn't a warm fuzzy. It's a choice, very much like a relationship. Their, their marriage is a choice to love. It's not always feelings-based. In fact, it's very rarely feelings-based. It's a choice that you have made to enter in with, with the Word of God and delighting in it. It isn't necessarily like you're just going to get butterflies every time you open the Word of God. No, but it's a choice you can make, and you, you can choose to delight in it. Now, practically, that's going to be on you. You're going to have to make that choice. But I do think I can help you practically when it comes to meditation. I do think I can help you in, in understanding. We have these incredible love letters written by God to us. But I want to encourage you to take it a step further in your time with the Lord. As we talked about last week how important it is. But I want to take it a little bit further and encourage you to write down what God says to you. To write it down. Because, very much like this man thinking, these are of worth. I'm going to keep these. And the son's finding them 60 years later. For you to say, this is of high value, that God would speak something to me. And so I want to somehow record it. If you're like me, if I try to record something mentally, it gone. I have a hard time with keeping something in my brain over 30 minutes. <laughs> All right? Now, some of you have a higher capacity than me. You can go a day, maybe even a week. When it comes to, oh, i got to remember to do this, right? I'm not talking about great memories and those types of things, but something where that just, I, I need to do this. It always helps to write it down. I think it's very important that as we are trying to meditate on the Word of God, listen, we delight, but we also meditate, that if we meditate, that we take the process to journal it out, to process it through the medium of writing, recording what God says. And so I want to get real practical for a second. I want to give you the best outline I've seen on journaling. Now, some of you veterans with Everyday Church, you already I know what this is. And I might call on you to tell me what it is just to keep you on your toes. But from, as I look around the room, there's a, a, a high percentage of you that are newer to our faith family, and this is going to be brand new to you. So I'm going to give you this acrostic, this outline that has helped me process the Word of God more. And honestly, I'm, I'm really poor at this, but learning this uh, technique has, has helped me in this immensely. And so I want to give you a word called REAP. Now, each letter is going to help guide you in the journaling process. I would encourage you to have uh, some sort of pen and paper uh, or if you journal via a, a note, an Evernote or a note app or whatever you use, if you use your phone or if you use an iPad or some sort of device, notebook, whatever it is, to create a journal space for you when it comes to your time in the Word of God. You don't have to be legalistic about it. Um, and, and I'll talk a little bit about it. But let me give you this outline first of what it would look like. You would literally, on your paper, type out, write out, either way, R-E-A-P. And R-E-A-P are each going to stand for something that you do as you journal. Now, some of you are already scared. You're like, oh, I, this really intimidates me. Let me try and break it down simple for you. The R is read, or we could say the past tense read. I wanted to say read because I don't want you to put R-E-D as read. But it is something that you read that stuck out to you in your time with the Lord. So your journaling is you already have a time reading the Bible. You have 
you go to that plan, and I would always encourage you. I, I mentioned, I don't know, a couple weeks ago about you don't just open the Bible and point something, how dangerous that can be. I don't know if you remember that. But you want a plan. Like I have a one-year Bible plan. You maybe are doing some plan on version or some other capacity, or you bought a great devotional, New Mercies by Paul Tripp. It's an awesome one I did last year. Whatever it is, you've got a plan. There's scripture you're reading. Now, as you read that scripture, typically what's going to happen is there's going to be something that sticks out to you. Now, sometimes it is like, oh, man, that was good. That spoke to me. Sometimes it might just be like, hmm, I wonder what that's about. And it's a curiosity, a holy curiosity that happens in your heart. Sometimes it's going to be like, man, I needed that today. And I would encourage you, if you're reading, if your devotional has one verse, mm -mm. help your devotional out by reading the whole chapter. Okay, do not. Just read the one verse devotional. Can I, will you please hear me say that today? Don't do it. And I've had those devotionals, that's okay, as long as you're not just reading the one verse. Read, because you know what you've done? You've said, whatever this person had to say is way more important than what God has had to say. So read more than the one verse. It's okay to read the stuff the person said. Hallelujah. I pray God's anointing on that person as they have wrote it down. However, Read more. And then as you read, whatever sticks out to you in your mind, you're gonna, then going to go to your journal and say, when I read this, this is the verse that stuck out. And you're going to literally put the verse down. Now, you can cheat if you're doing it electronically and copy and paste. <laughs> That's me. Cheat. Copy, paste. If you're writing it, literally write it out. Even if it's multiple verses. I know. Listen, hand cramp time. But go ahead and do it. You might get fingertip cramps <laughs> if you're typing it out. But make sure you put that down. Now, that's important because one day you might go back to this and say, wow, God used that verse in my life. That's really cool. So that's the R. It's what you read that stuck out to you, which I would then say as you're reading the Bible, be very interactive. Highlight, underline, circle, make notes, all those types of things. But then when you come to your journal, here's the verse or verses that stuck out, and then we get to the E. All right, Chad, what is it? Oh, CJ got it. Explain, okay? So, this is going to be the explanation or the context of those verses. This is who's talking, who are they talking to, what's the issue that's being addressed. Basically, it's who, what, when, where, how, why. It is the surrounding context to the verses. Now, this is important because it's easy to twist Scripture. You could go back to this and read, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Boy, that really stuck out to me. But if you don't know the context of that verse, you're going to twist that and think, well, everything should go my way. But when you put the who, the what, the when, the why, the what, oh, Paul was writing that he's been hungry and fed. He's had clothes and he's been naked. He's had a lot and he's had a little. But he's learned to be content and he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, if you don't have that, you could go back and think, I can do all things. Yes, everything's going to be great for me. But Paul was saying, no, I've, I've had it bad and I've had it good. I've learned to be content. I've learned to make it no matter what happens. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you're putting the context. The who, the what, the when, the why, the when, the yeah, all that. You got it? And that's important so that when you go back, it'll put a little more meat to why this stuck out to you what this was about, and to know the true meaning so you don't twist it. Then we get to the A. Here's the hard part. 
Don't put it up there. Oh, who could I quiz? Brianna, you know this? What is it, wit? Apply. Yes. All right, here we go. We're, we're on fire. Boom. So apply obviously means application, but this is the personal. Because when we read scripture, it's real easy to think about how the original audience, oh, that applies to them easily. I could see that because those were idiots. The Israelites were so dumb, they needed that, right? Or you think, boy, my sister, she sure should read this verse. Or my best friend or my neighbor or my spouse, boy, they need this. Well, I'm guilty of that. I love sneaking my devotional over to my wife. Hey, you gotta read this. But the apply is you. How does this apply to you? And you're literally going to put down how this impacts your now. How does this influence you today? What difference does this make in your life? Not someone else's life, your life. Now, it could impact someone else because it's going to change you. But how does this impact you today? And typically, this is the hard part because this is when you're really meditating on it. Now you're pondering. Now you're thinking. Now you're processing. Now we're genuinely meditating on the law or on Scripture, the Bible. Okay, so you're going to apply. And then the P, real obvious, Jason Dosher, what is it? Pray. Good job. We, we, we crushed it. Pray. All right, so the heart of this is you're going to pray. Now, I would encourage you through your seasons of prayers at some point to write some of them out. Type some of them out. Now, I tend to, when I use the REAP in my own life, that I, if I'm writing out a prayer or typing out a prayer, I'll do that specifically to what the verse was, what I read, what stuck out, and not my entire prayer time. Now, there are times in my life I do my entire prayer time because I'm like, I'm really distracted. I'm just going to type this out, write it out, or focus in. But the point is, at that point, you are praying. Whether it's a little typed out or written out, or a lot of it, but you do capture some of what God is doing in your heart there. Thank you, Lord, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I, I need to learn how to be content in all situations. God, so will you help me? Will you open my heart to the reality that you're in control and that I can trust in you? Okay, so I, I just did that. You put it down. And then you have your time of prayer. See, here's the thing with prayer. Prayer is better when it's a conversation and not a monologue. And so when you can type it out, I feel like it, it allows you to process it a little bit more and maybe even makes you a little bit more sensitive to allowing God to speak to you. And so the hope is, is that through the word, God has spoken to you, and so you kind of able to process it and speak it back through this time in prayer. That it's a little bit of a back and forth dialogue as opposed to just you spitting out without, having, without actually meeting with him. Okay, and so I'm just telling you, reap is used on purpose that if you sow time with the Lord, that you're going to reap intimacy. Okay, if you meditate and seek him, you're going to reap these benefits that we talked about. And that's why we're using reap. And in my own personal life, okay, my own spiritual journey, what has helped me the most have not been the incredible conferences, youth camps, speaking engagements, volunteering for amazing things. It's been just being taught, being encouraged, being equipped, being challenged to spend time in the Word and putting that into practice in my life. That's really what's changed me. 
over the long haul, those things have been great, and God has used those things to inspire me and send me on my way in different ways. But the, the day-to-day spending time with Jesus has changed me more than anything. And so if you're dependent on your walk with Christ, on what happens on Sunday morning, it's only going to get you so far. Because here's the truth. The word is our spiritual food. We talked about fruit. We talked about vitality. We talked about life. If you're going to have those things, you got to eat. I don't know if you watch football. Some of these football players do this. Feed me. Feed me. Here's the thing. If you're only getting fed on Sunday morning by me, you're going to be malnourished. And hold up. Let me just even go grosser with this for a second. I'm the one who spent time in the word, has chewed on it, and spitting it back up to you. You know what that is? Regurgitation. Okay. Now, in baby birds and, and animals and certain, like, chewing the cud of a, a, a cow. There's health to that, and there's some, but it's only going to take you so far. At some point, you got to eat too, right? So there's health to this, and there's a good thing, but what the best thing that I could do with your spiritual life is to help you get in the Word every day because that's when you will take off. That's when you will soar, not if you're dependent on me every Sunday to feed you, but that if you could get in and learn, oh, this is how I can feed myself. Brittany knows with as many babies as she had, she teaching them to feed themselves, right? She knows this drill. Like, okay, here, I got another one. I got to feed them for now, but I can't wait till the day where they can feed themselves. Amen. (laughs) She testified. (laughs) All right, so for you, delight, meditate. Practically, I've I've wrestled with this. I I can't make you fall in love with the Word of God. I I can't, but I can paint a picture for you, tell you it's it's delightful. And there's great pleasure in it. But there is a discipline, and you can set that up now, and it be a delight. But I also want to encourage you on the meditation to practically do this. Now, there is a Cliff Notes version. My one-year Bible today, January 5th. Opened it, and on one of my margins, I wrote out a note, and I actually put the the year that I wrote that. The date would obviously be January fifth, but I put the date or the year, and and I don't, I haven't done that on all of them because uh, I don't know why. I wish I would have, but the the year was two thousand eight. I put up oh eight, and at first I thought that's not too long ago. Like twenty twenty. Oh my gosh, that was so long ago. It's crazy to think about, but that note. Encouraged me today what I wrote in 2008. Something that as I read stuck out to me. And I wrote basically an explanation and then an application next to it. And so you can use REAP in a multitude of ways as you process it. And I would encourage you, one, to journal. But two, also in your Bible, whether that's like olive tree or, or you version, hitting that button that creates the note and typing it out so that you'll have that recorded or using the highlight. For the longest ta- time in my, uh, my Bible app, I thought I had to highlight the whole verse and that actually irked me. But then I realized I can actually just highlight part of the verse, which seems so wrong, but the Bible wasn't written with verses and chapters, so get off your high horse, okay? <laughs> It's wonderful all that you can do even with these apps. And so 
Be interactive as you read the word of God. And I would encourage you to try REAP if you've never done it. And maybe you haven't done it in a long time. So try it. Give it a week. But you know how I am. I don't like to just try it without me being in your presence. We're going to try it right now. So as we close, and this is how we're going to close. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And they got to be a part of 10, uh, 10 o'clock and as we met and hear this. But I want you to take Psalm 1 and reap on it this morning. And so they're just going to kind of get ready to play. And there will be some background music. And then they'll kind of lead us. But I want you to go through Psalm 1 and do an R-E-A-P and try it. And maybe you've done it before, but maybe as a rehash. And I want you to reap Psalm 1. Now, it's only, what, six verses, was it? I forgot off the top of my head. Six verses, okay? So pretty easy. But if, and, and maybe it's even this entire sermon you can reap on, which is fine. What stuck out to you? R. Explain it. E. Apply it. A. And then have a little prayer moment in that time. Okay? So I'm going to pray over us. This isn't for your neighbor. It's not for your spouse. This is genuinely, I hope, that you encounter the Lord in this moment. So, Father, that's my prayer, that we would genuinely meditate on your word, not for the sake of appearances, but to meet with you. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that we would delight in it and meditate on it, and we would. We would see the positive consequences. We would produce fruit. We would have vibrancy. We would have life. You would watch over our path. We would be prosperous. But Lord, ultimately, we don't get that twisted and meet with you to gain these things. We meet with you because you're God. But Lord, thank you for the promise of blessing. But may we have a moment with you in Psalm 1. Personally, and I love it. You're going to speak to Matt differently than you're going to speak to Danielle. You're going to speak to Raul differently than Kobe. And maybe it's the same, but I pray that you would speak to each heart individually and with clarity. And I ask this in your name. Amen. This is Pastor John. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast. For more information on us or if you happen to make a spiritual decision during this message, please let us know and go to our website, www.everyday.church. There's an email link that you can click on and we would love to hear from you. If there's anything going on that has happened during this message, if the Lord has spoken to you or you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if there's a prayer request or concern, then you can email us and we would love to take the time to pray for you and respond in any way that we can. Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless. Thank you.